0: Is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR. Yes, indeed, we're back inside the Steelers Blitz. Motes and Euler, because you know it's a Motes Host Tuesday. But what we're about to do now is hear from Uh oh, legendary running back, Merrill Hodge. That that man Merle as he talks about a future legendary running back in Judge Harris. So without further ado ladies and gentlemen here we
1: Matthews, welcome to Steelers Live. Very pleased to be joined this week with former Steelers legend Merrill Hodge to talk all things 2021 Steelers draft and Merrill. They went into draft weekend having eight picks. They came away with nine guys. And of course, I think you know where I want to start with the offensive players. The Steelers took um, Najee Harris, the first round running back that they took with the 24th overall pick. How does he fit in with the Steelers? And I know you've probably watched hours upon hours of tape, so break it down for me.
2: (laughs) Well, Missy, I'm gonna tell you this, you know my system that I have, I have all 300 plus plays that he had all year long. So you get to see all aspects of him. It's the best way to like really delve into what makes that runner unique, special, or where he might struggle transitioning to the NFL. So one thing I like to establish when we're looking at college players, The first thing every fan should notice and why it's not just easy if you play in the SEC to just come over and play in the NFL and no matter what level of college you play, the hash marks are different in college. And I don't think most fans realize that they're much wider in college. So then a college game, a lot of game is played on the perimeter because of the width, you get a lot of um, plays at the perimeter. And because my guy might be faster than your guys, we can run to the corner and score touchdowns. That's why college is different. Hash marks get moved in, in the National Football League. And that's why I say you must be, it's like a fist fight at the 50. You gotta be able to play in a small box, in a small area, because my guy is just as fast as your guy. Okay, that being said, one of the most important things for a runner to have to transition to the National Football League is yes, he must have the ability to start and stop agility change directions and then the other part of that he must add can i be can you be a decisive runner like a lot of guys in college can hesitate they can take their time and run to the perimeter and still be successful and that's a very tough transition to the national football league so as i studied maje um, there's a bunch of things that really stood out to me as unique Um, is he dynamic with his feet laterally vertically start stop yes for his size as well even for a guy like etn is very dynamic i would compare his feet to that level where he is a unique runner because he's also decisive is he has tremendous balance for such a big guy um, he plays well on the perimeter he's not easy to tackle um, he can make a lot of people miss and breaks a lot of tackles and then you go to how does he go about running um, now use this term i'll explain a he does a great job, and actually, the, the uh, I think it was Carter, the North Carolina kid, does this as well. They play behind their pads very well, and what I mean by that, and why that's important, is as a runner, the more I play behind my pads, meaning I use same foot, same shoulder, I strike my defender who's coming to tackle me, I'm harder to block. I mean, I'm harder to tackle, but I'm also a better player and a safer player. There's less injuries to a runner when you play like that, and he's very... Very efficient doing that. You know he protects himself. He runs with great power. He plays behind his pads. He strikes people, and he has enormous balance um, when he gets hit. Whether um, it's in the passing game or the running game. So uh, just as a pure runner, he is unique from the balance aspect and the power and the, the, his footwork. And he, in the passing game, he's a he's a. I like his ability to run routes. Is he a natural pass catcher? Does he fight the ball? Absolutely not. He's very natural with that. Um, You can tell that by his first first catch. But how he runs routes is actually impressive. And then the thing that you always hope for, and oftentimes you don't get in a runner like that and a receiver like that, will he block? Can he block? Now, the first step at being a good blocker in the National Football League is just one thing. You got to be a willing participant if you're not a willing participant it's very hard to get people engaged and realize how important that is i'm telling you this not only is he a willing participant fundamentally he's unbelievable i watched him step up in a hole and fill that hole and not give the defender two ways go on the edge take away the edge and not let him have two ways and then work with that guy with his hands feet and hips and dominating as a blocker i mean i was like i got so mesmerized by his ability to do that but Missy, I'm going to tell you this, all those plays I described are things you have to have to transition to the National Football League. But there was one play, and I think it was against Old Miss, if I remember right, or Auburn, one of those. There was a pick the quarterback threw that they were trying to actually throw some type of a bubble screen to him, and the defensive end picked it. Now, when he picks it, Najee Harris is about 15 yards from the initial interception. The quarterback misses the tackle, And Najee Harris runs that guy down. I mean, he ran him down and tackles him before he gets into the end zone. Now, to me right there, that spoke more about who Najee is as a player than anything he had done to that point. You very seldom see that. You know, based on that circumstance, a lot of players think it's over. You know, they don't even make an effort to to try to tackle the guy, get after the guy. And I would see that time and time again, his demeanor on the sideline. I watch for those things too because I think – they're pivotal in the type of pro you're going to be. I think we get a, uh, you get a player that's just um, a high character person. He'll be a great professional, he'll be a great team player, and he'll be a great way to build a franchise around. So um, I don't know that I've ever seen a player that had all of that in one package than Najee Harris. So um, he could not be a more perfect fit for the Steelers.
1: As if Steelers fans were not excited enough about that pick, Merrill, I think you're at- taking those expectations a little bit higher, which is good, especially coming from you. The Steelers went with a tight end, a two-way tight end in the second round, and then two offensive linemen, and they really talked to the new offensive line coach, Adrian Clem, who was recently promoted, about that nastiness, the physicality. You're mentioning that when you're describing some of the plays you saw from Harris. Uh, What do you know about those guys?
2: Well, let me just tell you this. Um, It's funny, my my last note on uh, the tight end, um, my national, like, he is a nasty player. I mean, and, and, I don't, and when I say that, I mean, I, I, there were so many plays where, I mean, this guy looks up people when he has the ball in his hands. Okay, he's not, he's not worried about anybody, he's not scared of anybody. Um, I loved his ability to run routes in that he's good. Is he great? No, but that is, I think, what I loved about him. Is he has such potential to be, to be better as a route runner. And keep in mind, he was very efficient in college. Which I loved. He was very and he was good in the box and outside the box which is really critical in the NFL because being able to move guys and get them outside the box creates uh, matchup issues which the NFL is all about matchups and he does that very well. But then when you put him in line close to the um, to to the formation he'll block. I mean he'll get in and he'll be a wicked guy. I mean I just I love his demeanor. I love his toughness. um, His skills to play that position are very good with the potential to be excellent. And that's what I love. And I think that um, and, and there's only going by stuff you've seen him, uh, heard him write, say or uh, people talk about him. He, he seems to love the game and he's willing to get better. and He's coachable, which is part of getting better. And I think you get a guy that can contribute a right away and be uh, an effective player right away, but has a massive amount of growth on, on the front end as he gets going. So that, that's got to be exciting for just the whole offensive staff to have somebody like that.
1: I do want to know uh, your thoughts specifically on Kendrick Green uh, out of Illinois. He wore 53, obviously somebody who emulated Marquise Pouncey, but only played four games starting at the center position. Uh, Seems to be that energy bringer type of guy, loves to be physical, uh, said sometimes maybe more than he would probably need to. What do you think about him potentially replacing Pouncey? Obviously, there's a number of guys who will be competing for that job and just what you know of him so far.
2: Okay, Missy. all the great things I just said about the other two guys, okay, this cat. Okay, I'm, I, I use the term. I used the term when I when we, I do the matchup show on ESPN. I would when I would get to a running place, I would kind of I would build off of the Vince Lombardi a seal here and a seal there. And one day I was doing a play, and there was a like it was a, a guy just the blocker just took the linebacker out of the hole. So i just in, instinctively, I just went, man, a dig out. He just, he just dug the player out. So I started using this dig out term where people just move. When a guy moves you, that's a dig out block, okay? It, ceiling here and a ceiling there all, that's, that's another type of block. But when you dig somebody out, that's different. That's unique, all right? There's a nastiness comes along with that. Okay, I can't tell you how many dig out blocks I watched him do from his guard position or a center position. And when you watch him fundamentally, just, and this is true at every position, but very few have it at the college level, feet, hips, and hands, how well do all three of those work together in unison when I'm gonna run block or pass block? I'm telling you what he does, which allows him to dig people out, he's really fundamentally sound there. And he is a nasty player. He the play. I wanna see that. I don't see, you cannot be, okay, you, That can't be too much unless it's after the whistle. But if it snapped the whistle, that can't be too much. I saw so much of it. So when I was thinking of the players that just developed last year, some of the guy rookies that got to play, the way they're developing there, you implement this guy at the center position, um, that toughness and nastiness, um, (laughs) it will be – that's the guy who has to lead the charge anyway you know the challenge um with a center that always is with a lot of these players is just the level of education and challenge that exists in the national football league from fronts and looks you know that's so much it's a higher level than they deal with in college so if he's able to adapt to that quickly all that other stuff that i just talked about is already there i mean that, that doesn't have to be taught that just has to be sharpened and honed in on once he gets the mental aspect of the game down from the center position, um, he's going to be, he's going to be a perfect fit for what they need at the center position.
1: All right. So all of that being said, knowing what is currently on the Steelers roster, the run game and improving it, not finishing last in the league has been a top priority from Art Rooney, the second and down all off season. As we sit here today, are those players going to, with a mix of the current players make the run game better in 2021?
2: missy i gotta believe they will uh, i gotta be the w- believe they will listen your your runner is uh a truly gifted special runner that's going to make the running game better right there that being said you still have to do I, you know I, Najee Harris still needs some running lanes he needs help up front penetration's the number one killer in the running game so that means guys got to win up front and that's not just the offensive line missy you know the tight end position was terrible last year in the running game. And, you know, that, that gets excluded. That's a big part of it. That's why you, you go draft a tight end that can block and will block. Um, that's going to add to that whole complement. And, you know, I can see why, you know, art and the staff would be embarrassed, you know, to be the, the poorest running team in a national football league. That's eight embarrassing. Yes, two, but to be able to run the football Missy is one of those most important aspects of, setting the tempo. And one of the most important aspects of winning consistently in the NFL, you have to control that element of every game. If you cannot control that, you will not win consistently. And that is a fact from the start of this league, still to this day. And so if they get better there, which clearly I believe these players will help them get better there, that will be able to change and therefore give them a better chance to win football games by what they do on offense and how that complements to the defense.
1: Defensive coordinator Keith Butler said when he spoke to the media over draft weekend, you know, a good run game helps a really good defense uh, kind of get a chance to get a breath, which is not something we saw, especially towards the end of last season for the Steelers defense. So he was happy that they took a lot of offensive players. There were then four defensive players and then a punter. So just your final thoughts rounding out the rest of the 2021 draft class
2: when i learned this about my fifth year at espn doing the draft i commented on a player um actually maurice jones drew which will tell the story later about this i made a comment about him in the draft i would never even seen him on tape I, I somebody handed me some notes of his size and weight right i went off of that biggest mistake i ever made never made it again um i didn't watch any tape on the defensive guys but my machine over there i'm gonna plug them in i got my work cut out for me so i'm looking forward i waiting them to see what kind of they, their players are but I'm going to go back to what Coach Butler said there. And this is almost true every year. The best defense in the National Football League plays the least amount of snaps. Almost every year, that is the one category that is consistent. And so there's a lot of value and validity what he's saying. He goes, the less we play, the better we're going to be because we can't be out on the field. And that helps us as a defense. And then we're fresh. We go out there and we get three and outs and we're back on the field. And then you take it for ten minutes. Ma- you know, a five minute drive and 10 plays. I mean, that's what helps you win football games. So he's, he's spot on. Um, it'll be interesting to watch these guys and see um, what their skill set is and how they'll be implementing to this defense. That will, that will, obviously they need that as well, but it'll be interesting to watch them develop and see the kind of skills that they have as we get ready for the season.
1: All right, Meryl, well, it's great to always have a chance to catch up with you and get your thoughts. I know it's only been a week since the draft, but you probably have more and more uh, tape to watch and break down for us, so we will let you get back to that. Thanks, Missy. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Steelers Live. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Oh, yes, right there. That was Meryl Hodge. Talking about Najee. Man, it's good to hear. Merle. It's good to hear Merle. I
3: know. We used to see him around here a lot. I know. Like, you know. In the before times. I miss in him. In the precedented times. I know, man. Merle's a good dude. He, uh, I tell you what, mozi he's a guy, every time I listen to him speak, like, it is abundantly clear, Merle Hodge knows how to watch film. <laughs>
0: like, That's how it's supposed to be. That's why I value his opinion, man.
3: Yeah. He, he, you can tell he then. he knows what he's looking at and 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 knows how to relay that message.
0: He really is. He's he's very good at what he does. Yes, indeed, man. Always, yes, always, indeed. always enjoy listening to that guy speak. Yeah, and I'm glad, like I said, that he was speaking on a guy who's going to be, you know, hopefully, heck yeah, making some some big time noise in uh, Pittsburgh next year in terms of Najee Harris, man. Najee. Need
3: that. I can't wait. The Definitely big, need t- that, The big man.
0: 22, baby. And, man, I think it's a perfect transition to, um, as we're talking about Najee and this draft class and how it stacks up with some of the draft classes in this division. You know, let's first, if we're focusing on Baltimore, right? Because obviously, I think that's what we ended with when we were having our little reverse conversation about who we would bring back. So since we're going to, you know, end with Baltimore, let's start with Baltimore right here. Let's do it. Just in terms of how our class compares with their class. Now, to give you a quick recap of their class for those that don't know, first round, they went with uh, Rashad Bateman, the receiver out of Minnesota. Second round, or excuse me, their second pick in the first round, went with uh, Jason Oway, the outside yep. linebacker out of two Penn first State. Round then they had two third-round picks. The first one was Ben Cleveland, the guard out of Georgia. Then they went with Brandon Stevens, uh, the cornerback out of SMU. Then they had a fourth-round pick in terms of Tylen Wallace, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, and then three fifth-round picks to end their draft. They went with Sean Raid, the cornerback out of Ohio State, Daylon Hayes, the D lineman out of Notre Dame, and then... Ben Mason, fullback, still matter out of the University of Michigan. <laughs> mozi
3: yeah, uh, two first-round picks, two third-round picks after they did the uh, the business with the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, they old switch to mm-hmm.
3: send Orlando Brown to Arrowhead Stadium. Um, what, how you want to do? I mean, you want me to give a grade? Do you want me to no, give no, thoughts?
0: I'll... How you want to do? We'll, how you want to do just, this? We'll just share our thoughts. How you want to do this, boss man? So look, 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 look Chico. We will share our thoughts on said draft, if they address their needs and things like that. And then at the end, we'll just simply wrap it up with, do we think their draft was better or worse than the Pittsburgh Steelers? We don't have to grade them. Just was it better or worse? I know what the Baltimore Ravens got coming to them. What they got coming, man? Not the world. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Say that again, chico. (laughs) Not the world. Ah, man. They're
3: going to be washing dishes down on South Beach for the rest of their lives. (laughs) Okay, Tony. (laughs) Uh, see I, I think they did a good job. Um... You and I, anybody who knows this or has listened to us leading up to the draft knows how we feel about their first round picks. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of questions about Jason Owe. Um yeah.
0: we, we liked Rashad.
3: We we really we like liked Rashad. Rashad. So yeah. so so their second first round pick is a guy that we had a lot of questions about. Their first first round pick is a guy that we were really high on that we yeah. both really liked. I, I like Rashad Bateman, though. You add him with Sammy Watkins, you know, Marquise Brown is still there, Mark Andrews is still there. Uh Miles Boykin and Devin Duvernay are still there. If they can't get that pass attack humming now, maybe it's, you know, it's time to look at some other things because it feels like they're they're stronger there in, in the personnel department that they have been in a little while.
0: They are. I, I do think that a uh, Rashad Bateman as a wide receiver for them is gonna be a huge impact and upgrade, but I still feel that they didn't handle this situation the best they could have but I guess hindsight being 2020 knowing that they were going to go with Al as a right tackle that makes sense for them and they kind of use that second pick as just a bonus first round pick but I just think that they could have utilized that a lot better than Jason I think that they do have a need in terms of edge rusher I just don't think that Jason answers that in 2021. I think he could grow and develop into it because of the intangibles that he has from, you know, a size and speed standpoint. But as a whole, I just don't anticipate him having that light switch flick on this year. I think he's a, a year to two years down the line type of guy personally.
3: I agree as well, too, Motsi. I tell you what, though, that defense still—I mean, they—they've they've lost some some big names, but they've still got some really nice pieces on that defense. Yes, they Patrick do. Queen in year two, uh, Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf on the D line. We all know what Peters and Humphrey are capable of in the secondary. I, am I wrong to say that if—and a lot can change between now and—and and you and I will officially do this later on around you know training camp, beginning of the season time period. But I, I would say right now, penciled in, not written in stone, not written in pen, but penciled in right now. I probably have the Ravens as my division favorite, slightly. But See, I think so. I'm
0: leaning a little Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I just think that they're more complete, less wild card factors with them. Whereas with Baltimore, they got some, some, they do some, some volatility with that group right there, man. In they terms do. of. All right, which Lamar is showing up in terms of is Hollywood Brown going to still be cool and content, or are we going to see what was starting to pop up start last year? about soldiers? right, you know, like <laughs> like that—that's a legitimate thing, right? Yeah, there. no, it is for sure. So that—that's the that, thats the part where I was just kind of you know. I- I don't want to put them as the favorite just yet. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Their their
3: over under win total is eleven right now. No, that makes sense. I, I think you that, think that's a. I think that and in remember this the, extra game this no, year. No, I, I
0: was saying in this division, I think we have three win teams in this division.
3: I I, I I think it's a three playoff division team again. Yeah,
0: we we saw that happen last year. We saw that I know when I was here in twenty fourteen mm-hmm, through seventeen. With we Bengals. We saw it what three times? Uh, us, Cincy, and Baltimore. We yep. did it. Two, what we definitely oh, its always in. us in Baltimore. Wait, the question was, is, just was, which Ohio team I think was it was fifteen and sixteen that happened. It was—it was, it was fifteen so. and sixteen that we had three teams in, and then the other two years we just had two teams in. But yeah, I just think that this is another one of those years where we could potentially see three teams make it out of the uh, the AFC North, which is good though for us. We we want to see that. We want to see it be it's a, a tough, highly competitive. I'll tell division.
3: you what—it's a tough division. It's a tough schedule for the Steelers, without a doubt. Yeah, eleven the over under for the Ravens right now. So uh, Vegas fixing them to go eleven and six. It's it's the, the the big the big question for me, Motzi, is is and not even necessarily question, but it's again, does the passing attack come together this year? Yeah, because it, it, it I mean it needs to. They they've made it a priority, like you know they use their first round pick on on Rashad Bateman as we've discussed. They go out and get Sammy Watkins. Marquise Brown is still there. Mark Andrews is yeah. still
0: there. But see, my my big disconnect is this. I feel like they did it, but only did it halfway because you still have to protect Lamar.
3: Well, ain't that the truth? Your old
0: line was never like especially after that game against us, that first game where you saw uh, Ronnie Stanley go down, and then we saw, I forgot, the the guard. The I guard, think he went yeah. down as well. We saw the O-line really start to take a shift from that game forward, and they looked bad at times. I just personally don't think that they addressed that enough to to improve it to the standpoint where you can legit have Lamar throwing it at a higher rate and things like that. Yeah, Because right now, I mean, you know how his style is. He holds the ball. He, he's going to spend a little more extra time back there. And is that old line as it's currently constructed, good enough to hold up for him? I personally don't think it is. <sighs> I don't know.
3: I think the left tackle is, but other than that— No, no, no. That- left tackle for a <laughs> fat. Yeah yeah, 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 We've yeah. sung Ronnie yeah, Stanley's yeah, yeah, praises yeah, yeah. plenty of times. He,
0: he's not included in this conversation. But you're yeah. right. Um but like Al at right where tackle, that, we've never seen Owl at right tackle.
3: Where that offensive line was two years ago, yeah. X, compared to where it was now, yeah.
0: back, back when they had, the, you know, the, the whole crew was it Yonda yep. and uh, Ocel- I'm about to butcher his name, but <laughs> you already know. It. I mean, they had they had they had a little crew. They did. They had a little crew. They had, man, they had
3: they had three All Pros yeah. on that offensive line. Like, legit. That's not the case anymore. Um, it, it, their offensive line kind of feels like you know, like remember where the the Steelers O line went from mm-hmm. from like 17, how highly yes. regarded they were. And then just like two years later, kind of yep. what the reputation was. Um, they they have taken a step back there. They have yeah. it I tell you what, it's it's a make or break year in a lot of ways in Baltimore. I, I really think it is.
0: Um Now I do like the Ben Cleveland pickup though. I do as well too. I like that pickup.
3: I like the Sean Wade pickup in the later rounds as well, too. I think Now see can,
0: Sean Wade that that's another wildfire right there, man. That's true. Some some people like him, some people think he's terrible. Depend on which tape you watch. <laughs> Depends on which tape. you watch. Hey, in the later rounds, though, I'll take a guy like I'll take a
3: guy like that in the fifth fifth Swift round. round? Yeah, it's fifth Swift round. Swift round? Swift you can take a flyer like that okay. guy on that guy in the fifth round, Mozi. What,
0: what about a fullback? <sighs> Is it Mike Allstott? <sighs> it's Ben Mason. It's, like, <laughs> you know, it's a household name.
3: Uh, they have Brandon Stevens as well too. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. They're another team too, Mozi. I think you know we've discussed this with the Steelers. Um, Baltimore might not be done yet. They could be a, a, oh, yeah, a they could yeah, be I another think they team that you could see in the next couple weeks here. It wouldn't surprise me if they added um
0: a, another veteran to that group. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that they're not done shopping just yet.
3: I wonder where like where could they go? Like because at this point if you like if you're Baltimore, right? What would you say biggest is it still safety or is it offensive line? It's it's, it's both.
0: I still think you need a legitimate, like, pass rusher, not a guy that you have to scheme up or blitz, a guy that can just win. They haven't had that since Suggs. Oh no, 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 no I'm not going to say since Suggs because they did have uh, uh, Judon. Yeah, they had Judon. But even with Judon, Judon sacks is not the same as how Suggs gets his sack. That's what I'm saying. It's this a difference because you could say, oh, they got McPhee. But yeah, Pernell is not a, I'm just gonna drop him off right here. No scheme, he's gonna win. Correct. He's not that type of rusher. He's not a he's not a Jimmy's and right. Joe's. He's, he's he, an X's yeah. and O's. Like I think about TJ and Bud, those are guys that can just win. Yes. Miles Garrett is a guy that can just win. Yes. Jadavion Clowney, when he wants to, he can just win. But when I think of Junai, when I think of Pernell, when I think of some of the guys that they've had recently, they don't have a lot of guys that are just winning. It's more scheme related, it's more blitz related. And that, to me, is something that I think that they would want to improve on. I think it's well said by you. Because I think they're secondary. I mean – they got guys. We, the, the the two question marks that we had going into last season were at safety because of the Earl Thomas departure. Mm-hmm. But those young guys, man, they showed – we're not even young, young. They they just showed that they could play. They showed that they could hold their own, man. And we know what the cornerback situation is for
3: Oh, Arthur Motz. Hey, I'm now. looking at a list here of free agents still available, and there's a name on this list that's jumping off the paper right now, and I'm saying, oh, dear Lord, please don't let that guy end up in Baltimore. Melvin hmm. Ingram's still a free agent. Oh, he'll be nice. He's the guy that can win. He's the guy that doesn't guy need a scheme. Win. He just wins. Now, he's getting a little bit longer in the in the tooth. No, he's not. He's like 31. 32. 32. Same difference. He's young.
0: But he's younger than, than you. Yeah, I ain't tripping. I'm 33. <laughs> a uh, Justin Houston <laughs> still Tebow available? Shoot, going to be 34. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Houston still available. Uh, now, he's older. He's Ryan like, Kerrigan's
0: still available. He's 33. Yeah. Hmm. Where was Ryan just at, though?
3: He was with the football team last year, wasn't he? Still? Pretty sure.
0: See, I thought, he, I thought that was his first year he was somewhere else. Uh,
3: Maybe not. You might be right. You know what? We got this magic thing called Google. Half there a second it is.
0: here. Football team. Okay, he's been in the whole time then. Sweet.
3: Uh, although it looks like, as of today, the Vikings are in conversations with
0: him, so he might not be out there very much longer. Mm, okay. Olivier
3: Vernon is still out there, Mozi yeah. Guy he's familiar with out, He's the coming division?
0: out the, uh, the Achilles, though, right? Yeah, week 17 when he blew his out. Ah, so, uh, oh. that's a little late in the
3: year. <laughs> I'm looking at this list. Larry Fitzgerald, still technically a free oh. agent. Has he going a, to Baltimore? Hasn't retired. <laughs> <he> you better not. <laughs> you better not, Larry. You're like the one pick guy that I like, okay? Don't ruin it. Oh, man my guy K.J. Wright's still sitting out there. Yeah. Whew. Steven Nelson's still out there. Richard Sherman's still yeah, out there. Baltimore don't need of that, man. Josh Norman, he's way too old. If yeah, they want to go court. they, they would just there. go uh, Sherman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ain't lying. But they got
0: pieces. They're good right
3: there. You know what they could do still? I mean, because it's not official. They could sign Tim Tebow and try and get him to play defensively.
0: Ah, man. he's an he's a edge rusher. <laughs> but either way, before we go to break, we'll, we'll just keep it simple right here. I think we both agree that... The Baltimore Ravens draft in comparison to the Pittsburgh Steelers was what? Plus, was it better or worse? How are you feeling? Hmm. Pfft,
3: that's tough. I, I, You know what? I
0: Are you going to wash?
3: It, it, I think I might go draw just because I think both teams did a, a good job of addressing. I mean, yeah. Bateman, wide receiver need. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great fit. Najee, running back need. I think that's a great fit.
0: I mean, they could both critique it. They went Jason, more of a project piece. Right. We both we went Penn State went guys, with second second. Picks. Instead of like really addressing like a major need for yeah. either one of us. Yeah, yeah it's true when they could have gone offensive line yeah, there at the end of the absolutely. first round. Yeah. I think I think a lot of similarities there. I'll yeah. go I'll go push. All right. I'll go push, but I'm biased, so I'll go push Steelers. There
3: we go. There Boom. we go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but when we come back though, man, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the rest of these uh division drafts in terms of the Browns and the Bengals. And also, man, we're gonna read some of your tweets as well. So oh, let yeah. us let, let us know how you feel, man, about these draft classes, man, in terms of the Steelers versus the Ravens class, the Browns versus the uh the Steelers class and Bengals and so forth like that. Let us know in the twitter.com man at the body52 body. and at Wesley Euler. The good hair. And this is Euler Emotes on SNR.